it's only one preseason game, but that Steelers defense could be a disaster. It's so bad, it could wreck the team's whole season. They can't cover and can't tackle. Otherwise, I don't see much of a problem. The one bright spot on D, kind of, was Terrell Edmonds, the first-round draft pick, the hybrid guy, the safety-slash-linebacker. He's always around the ball. Problem is, a couple of those times, Edmonds was around the ball when one of the Packers was holding it in the end zone. This is the Mark Madden Show. I am a super genius with a tested IQ of 166, and you can't teach that. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Or you could follow me on Twitter, at X. Seriously, tell me what there is to like about that defense. I don't see very much. Top to bottom, it was bad. First string, second string, third string, practice squad, that defense was bad. And don't talk to me about scheme. No matter what Keith Butler, the coordinator, might have up his sleeve, you can't out-scheme bad talent. The talent on that team won't get a lot better. The talent is what the talent is. That Steelers defense just has a lot of players who aren't very good. All of the inside backers aren't very good. Most of the DBs stink, and some of the young ones might get better, but that won't help now. Shazier was the star of that defense. He was the star, the playmaker, and the glue. Now he's done. The momentum he provided last year is gone too, and what's left just sticks. I want to hear what Craig Wolfley has to say about all this. Craig Wolfley, the all-time Steeler great, joins me at 3.30 p.m. right here on the X. James Conner ran the ball pretty well for Pittsburgh. There's a bunch of stories now published that Conner could supplant Bell as the number one back after Bell leaves. I don't see it that way, and if the Steelers do, uh, they'll be in trouble. Rudolph and Dobbs each threw a pick six. The offense gave up 14 points, but the defense gave up 37, and Green Bay was going up and down the field with the greatest of ease. That Steeler defense needs a good preseason, and so far so bad, because it's not having it. That defense could wreck the Steelers' season. That defense is so bad, it could drop them to like 8-8. Eight and eight, Which would put the Steelers right where the Pirates are at. The Pirates lost to Chicago at PNC last night 1-0. So the Pirates are 500, as in 61-61. and 61. They are six and a half games out of the wild card race. And let's be real. The Pirates are finished. Let's be real. It's over! They have lost four straight, and they're 5-9 and nine on the month. It's so odd how they made those trades, and you sent some adrenaline, and then things just went bad. To be very honest, the Pirates look like they know it's over. Only 21K to, turned up at PNC, so the fans know it's over as well. Uh, the Pirates define a 500 team. 
They're 61 and 61. They've scored 550 runs and they've allowed 550 runs. You can't get more 500 than that. 33 and 30 at home, 28 and 31 on the road. All of that is respectable. 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 I went to the heart doctor today. Should have gone to the brain doctor. Respectable. She's so respectable. Get out of my life. Don't take my wife. Don't come back. What group? What album? Tweet now at Mark Madden X. You're so respectable. I was switching back and forth between the Steelers and Pirates last night. And right after Hap hit that home run for the Cubs, I switched to the Steelers and Rudolph threw that pick six. It looked like Tremont Williams caught Hap's home run ball and returned it for a Green Bay touchdown. If only I'd been high. I often regret when I'm not high. Scott Paulson, radio legend, he says that as well. Uh, Cody Sensabaugh of the Steelers got flagged for lowering his head to make a tackle, and people are wetting their pants like, oh my God, if that's a penalty, the game is ruined. Well, it is a penalty. According to the rules, now that's a penalty. So get used to it. And get used to high scores, too. Like Tim Bed said, if you play flag football rules, you get flag football scores. Uh, the problem's not the call. The problem's the rule. If indeed you think it's a problem, if you don't care about protecting players' heads. You see, it all comes back to that. If you say that calling that penalty, when a guy lowers his head to tackle, or for that matter, lowers his head to block, or lowers his head to carry the ball. If you don't like that penalty, then you're not concerned about the player's well-being. You're not concerned about CTE. You're not concerned about the players damaging their heads. You might not think that's how you see it, but if you're against that rule, that's how you see it. And let's not forget exactly how Ryan Shazier saw his career end. Uh if football's in trouble, it's not because of that rule. There are many things ahead of that rule on the list as to why football's in trouble. I don't know why everybody was doing the Lambo leap last night. Juju Smith-Schuster did it, and the Packers guys did it. It's a friggin' exhibition game. Say stuff like that for the real games. I wouldn't say either Steeler quarterback distinguished himself a great deal. I keep hearing on other shows that Dobbs might make the team. He won't. I hear that the Steelers should trade Landry Jones. They should not and will not and wouldn't get much for him if they did. Wow. We go out of our way an awful lot to talk about the quarterback position. There is so much to debate regarding the Steelers, most notably a defense that right now I would say is likely to wreck their season, is likely to to make the team underachieve. Actually, I might not call it underachieving when a team has a defense that bad. And all half of you halfwits want to talk about is the quarterback position. Yikes. Uh, Major League Baseball suspended that pitcher from Miami, Urena. He got six games. He got six games for hitting a guy in the elbow with a pitch. To me, that's insane. I keep hearing the guardians of the game talk about protect, uh, protecting the game's young superstars. 
We've got to protect the game's young superstars. Boy, that sounded more like Tim Kirkshin than I was trying to. Uh, yo, this Acuna is pretty good, but he's not Ted Williams dipped in Ty Cobb. I don't want to see the kid get hit. He got hit in the elbow and was back in the lineup the next night. Urena wasn't headhunting. And again, judging intent is such a slippery slope. So that's what's up for today. Very exciting, isn't it? Craig Wolfley at 3.30, the all-time Steeler great. Riverhound Soccer Club coach Bob Lilly at 5.15. The Hans are second in the USL's Eastern Conference and are just five points out of first place with a game in hand. Three-game winning streak, too. The Riverhounds host Charlotte, the soccer team, not the wrestler. They host Charlotte tomorrow night at uh, Highmark Stadium uh, in the uh, Station Square area. And I'm going to go and tell you what, if you like soccer, boy, this team's really come around. Riverhounds are a pretty good soccer team. 412-333-9939. I want your thoughts on that Steeler defense. Do you feel like I do? Well, that's what they said about Peter Frampton. Do you think that Steeler defense could wreck the Steeler season? Are you that down on the defense like I am after last night? And if you're not, tell me how you think they can fix it because I don't see a remedy. But that's what they said about the Black Crows. I am on fire today. 105.9 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. S.G. Ola, good sir. Hold on. Hey, Mark, how you doing? My solution is give me my cake and eat me too. The X at 105.9. I ad-libbed the lyrics to a song a, a moment ago. And I said, okay, tell me what group and what album. Uh, the title was respectable. And only one person on Twitter got the group and the album. Uh, everybody got the group, Rolling Stones. Album with some girls. Oh, this just in from DKPittsburghSports.com. Sean Rodriguez is taking batting practice again. He was eligible to come off the DL yesterday. Well, of course, with the Pirates slumping, that's just what you need is a 164 hitter uh, rejoining the team. They should be fine if Serpico could just get that hot bat back in the lineup. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, I just want to make real clear that. I do think the Steelers' defense could ruin the whole season. I'm not saying that for effect. I'm not saying that to generate debate. I think that defense is awful. The talent just isn't there. The Steelers will lose some games they shouldn't, for sure, because of that defense. And I don't know how you fix it. The talent just isn't there, and we knew Shazier was a big loss. But now it's apparent just how big. The front three are excellent. In fact, I thought that Hargrave had a pretty good game last night. And his backup, McCullers, wasn't half bad either. I have doubts about Dupree and Watt, an outside backer, on the pass rush. They have switched sides this season to benefit Dupree. Neither one has practiced much. And with the Steelers' luck, they'll switch sides to help Dupree. It won't, but it'll hurt Watt. I still don't totally understand the reasoning of that. Watt was great on his side. Why don't you just leave him where he's great? Why does he have to move to 
facilitate the guy who sucks. Uh, the Steelers' defensive backs just got shredded last night. We get steered in the direction of optimism too easily. For example, we keep getting told that Artie Burns, the cornerback, third year, we keep getting told Artie is primed to play better, and maybe he will. But he's been here two seasons before this one. How much better is Artie going to get? He's not played like a first-round pick to this point. Not at all. Brief flashes, horrible inconsistency. Look at Jalen Ramsey, also a cornerback. Came into the league in 2016, same as Artie. He was a first-round pick, same as Artie, albeit 20 picks earlier. Uh, Ramsey was established in the league right away. And he made All-Pro last year. But here in Pittsburgh, we're still talking about Artie Burns' potential. Uh, speaking of Jalen Ramsey, uh, Stephen A. Smith called him out on ESPN for not telling the truth about his own quarterback, Blake Bortles. Uh, Jalen Ramsey did an interview with GQ where he pretty much ripped every quarterback in the league, including Ben Roethlisberger, saying he ain't all that. Stephen A. said Ramsey gave Bortles a free pass, and he did. He said, playoff Blake is good. That's a bunch of nonsense. Uh, Bortles is a ham and egg or not very good. And if you're going to rate quarterbacks with unsparing severity, then do that. But don't omit your guy. Don't say Ben Roethlisberger ain't all that and then say playoff Blake is good. And don't give Jalen Ramsey credit for telling the truth about the other quarterbacks and then giving Bortles a free pass because, oh, he can't criticize Bortles. He's on his team. No, you're either honest or you're not. If you don't tell all the truth, you might as well be telling none of it. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Craig Wolfley is going to join us in just a few here on the X. I got a blog posted on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. Uh, the Pirates called up Kevin Newman the infielder from Class AAA Indy. And since he's with the team, he should play. He should start a lot. The Pirates are donezo, out of the wild card race. Jordy Mercer's on the DL right now, and he's leaving at year's end via free agency. So play Newman at shortstop. Why wouldn't you? Uh, it's funny. The Pirates still call Newman a prospect, but he's 25. Kevin Kramer... The other half of the Pirates' Seinfeld double play combination uh, plays second base. He's 24. So at 25 and 24, if these two guys are indeed still considered prospects, they're not exactly on the fast track, are they? So it's going to be sooner, not later for them, so why not start finding out? I would call Kramer up and play both of them. Here's some absolutely depressing news. The last time I went to Cavelli Center in Youngstown, I saw a great concert. I saw John Fogarty with ZZ Top opening. Uh, just announced today, playing at the Cavelli Center in Youngstown in November, Bob Dylan. I'd rather never listen to music again than go see Bob Dylan. Horrible nasal voice, most overrated musician and songwriter of all time. 
And I've considered that statement carefully. And let me reiterate. Most overrated musician and songwriter of all time. I ain't gonna work on Maggie's farm no more. Shut up. Up. More breaking news. Wheeling Island Casino will soon have legalized sports gambling. Good thing the PA casinos have been right on top of getting that set up as quickly as can. Uh, it is ridiculous. What's what's the tax on sports betting going to be in Pennsylvania? Like, like 34%? And you have to pay like a, a, a $50 million licensing fee to get permission to have sports gambling? My God, who's going to do it at that price? So a lot of money will go out of the state to Wheeling Island Casino, which is fine because I really like Wheeling Island Casino. And uh, a lot of money will still keep going to Benny the Bookie and Aetna because, you know, it's just people going to bet. How can you not set up a system in Pennsylvania to legalize gambling easily and inexpensively to keep that money in the state? But, boy, what a dumb bunch of jerks run Pennsylvania. 412-333-9939. Up next, oh wait, Dulac with the headline. Time to panic about the Steelers' defense? Not quite. Eliminate the not quite and the question mark, and it's exactly what I would say. Craig Wolfley up next, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark, check it out. Even as a kid, I was a super genius. I was the coolest white guy on the radio. <laughs> I think I'm the coolest guy, period, but what's up? The X at 105.9. Joining me now to discuss the doings last night at Green Bay. You hear him on the sidelines every Steeler Sunday on DVE Radio. He is all-time Steeler great Craig Wolfley. Uh, Wolf, what happened on defense last night with the Steelers? Because it wasn't pretty, was it? No, there was a lot of things that you can pick apart and um, you know start to disassemble. I think the greatest... Uh, way I've ever heard it put was when uh, we had a teammate of ours taken out, um, you know, uh, during the game. And uh, when the press asked him why he was removed, Chuck said he was being blocked. Um, you know, there there was situations there, guys, were being blocked or competing. But when you start to get in a situation where you have returns like that, when you have a pick six, the, st- the stats are out there. Anytime you have a uh, return for a touchdown, be a pick six, a punt return, a kickoff return. Um, you win 78% of the time. Do it twice in the game, and you pretty much nail the lid on any sort of comeback. Uh, how will the players and coaches respond to last night? Uh, the guys on defense I'm talking about, Wolf. What most needs to be worked on in your eyes? Well, number one is you just can't have turnovers because that puts your defense in a bad situation. Short fields is something you don't want to give to Aaron Rodgers. That's that's number one. Number two is you've still got some moving parts that obviously need to get some time working together. Cam Hayward wasn't out there last night. John Bostick was in, played an awful lot, but still trying to find his his kind of pace and role in the game. He's still revolving uh, other linebackers throughout there. And so given the fact that and, – and what what's – most disturbing, I think, in my mind, is a dominant pass rusher. You know, we're looking. That Bud finally came through and, and looked like he had a couple of excellent rushes there. I hope that's a, a something that promises of things to come. Uh, you know, on the right side, he, he looked like he was getting a nice stiff arm. 
a little Reggie White action come up the field, and he shaved that corner very well on the right side as compared to what he's done on the left. So maybe this is something that, that's got something, some real substance to it by putting Bud Dupree on the right. Of course, the TJ is still not back. So there's a number of things that they got to work on. If I had to put any in numbers as far as importance, uh, tackling, tackling, tackling's got to be in the top three. You know, um, you've got to have make sure that everybody's still on the same page, and then you got to get the job done. Well, that was what uh, frustrated me the most was the lack of the basics. Uh, the coverage wasn't very good. You mentioned the tackling, and that's kind of a rock and a hard place situation, Wolf, isn't it? Because this isn't an era where they practice tackling, is it? No, it isn't. You're really getting a lot of different discussion points as the best way to tackle, how to keep the head up. For crying out loud, I mean, Brian Allen on, on the, in coverage, for lowering his helmet and hitting the guy, was it Brian? No, no, it was Morgan Burnett. I can't even no, remember. No, no, Cody Sensible. Oh, Cody Sensible. That's right. I knew there was numbers and I couldn't quite remember because I'm sorry, but we got back about four in the morning. So, anyhow. <laughs> well, I know. I saw Pursuit, and that wasn't pretty either. <laughs> exactly. So, Cody Sensible, how do you how do you call that lowering your helmet? They're, they're side by side. They hit shoulders for crying out loud. How does anybody tackle in a league where – you're going to start making calls like that. I, I tell you, it's coming to a point in time where this is getting a little bit worrisome because you really have a very unique problem in trying to be able to assess what is dropping the helmet and what isn't. When you're side-by-side forces like that, to me, and in, in, in a parallel force, I should say, that, that that's not, I don't even know how it can come into play. Well, we'll, so, well forgive the interruption, but I, but I agree they're trying to reinvent tackling, and that's yeah. going to create a problem for everybody. And it's like Tim Ben said. If you're going to have flag football rules, you're going to have flag football scores, and I think we saw that last night. You know, I guess that's a better way to summarize it. That was pretty good. I would agree with that, and it does it does disturb you because that, that flag alone pretty much put into play what uh, I think a lot of us fear, that this game is becoming too much like flag football. Now, I did like Terrell Edmonds last night, uh, the first-round pick. He made some mistakes, and he's going to, but he was always around the ball. That really encouraged me that Edmonds was always around the ball, and that was on special teams, too. No question about it. He forced a fumble. He recovered a fumble. He's a headsy kid. Even when he was beat for a touchdown, I mean, he found out 6'6", get out and jump 6'2". Jimmy Graham is a pretty formidable opponent there. But the fact was he was doing all the things right. He was shadowing. He was reaching for the hands when the hands of Jimmy Graham went up. He was a little bit short on it, but the fundamentals of solid play were all in were, were all in account when you take a look at it. Again, I can't stress enough because you hear Mike Tomlin all the time talking about it. You reach for their hands when their hands go up. You reach for that hand because that's how you get to strip the ball. So he was just a little bit short with it, but like as I said, he was still fundamentally sound throughout. We're talking to all-time Steeler great Craig Wolfley here on 105.9 The X. A couple more positive Wolf, uh, positive things. Uh, James Washington had five catches and two touchdowns, and he made a couple battle catches too, where the ball oh. was just in between him and the opponent, including the one touchdown, and he just ripped it away. You know, Mark, you're exactly correct. He may be the G.I. Joe of combat catchers. I mean, just watch <laughs> Very good. You know, I mean, you watch him, and, and he gets these inspector gadget arms. You know, he's got a wingspan that's probably like an NBA power forward. 
you know, he's only six two or somewhere six foot somewhere in that area, but he's his reach is much longer. And you watch him, and sometimes he comes down down with football uh, in a jump ball situation where he's high pointing a guy who's actually taller, but outreaches him. And then you watch him as he wrestled the ball away, and it was just determination and and just showing that gritty thing that the, I'm going to get in here and I'm going to make. You know, we often talk about you got to make a play for your quarterback. Both quarterbacks struggled some, right? But you got to make a play for your quarterback. And James Washington is one of those guys who made a play for his quarterback. Well, what's your take on the quarterback play last night? And does it affect the futures of Rudolph and Dobbs at all? Uh, like you and I talked last week, I don't think there's any changing the pecking order of the Steelers quarterbacks, barring, of course, injury. No question about it, but for all the people that are talking about Mason Rudolph and seating Landry Jones for the number two, they might want to put that on the back burner, for crying out loud. You know, the young man came out, and it's a tough situation. Legendary Lambeau Field. That I mean, I was sitting down there, Mark, and you want to talk about history. You, I'm looking at the end where they had the ice bowl touchdown. Amazing, all, right? I, oh, it is. It's so cool, man. And then I'm talking to some of the old-timers around there. And they say, you do realize that we're 10 feet below the ice bowl surface. I mean, he literally had dug 10 feet deeper back in the 90s to add more seats and everything. But still, legendary is, is all around you. It's, it, it permeates the whole building. And so to be there, if I'm Mason Rudolph and I'm coming out there, this is like an incredible moment. And in your incredible moment, you take the first pass and you throw it for pick six. Pretty hard stuff. You know, you've got to quickly reload. You only got to jog to the sidelines where Ben is there. Uh, you got Landry there, and, and, you know, they're giving you the old, it's okay, you know, you got to reload. And you sit there, and you're like going, okay, I know I did something wrong, but, but your mind starts to want to run from you. The kid did a good job of pulling it back and getting it under control. Let him do a couple touchdowns, what have you. Um, James Conner showed so very well what he's capable of doing. But uh, Josh Dobbs comes out and does the same thing in the second half. That really puts a lot of stress on your defense. But, again, both quarterbacks did a nice job, probably Josh even more so, given his uh, extra year of experience of being able to reload. Do you think if Dobbs gets cut, he'll catch on somewhere else? I have no doubts he would. I, don't, I, I just don't know how this is going to work out. This is the Colbert rule. You know, you don't do anything until you have to. Could it be that they play out? and somebody says, hey, we want to trade for him, you might get yourself something for him. He looks good. How do you get, you know, how do you carry four quarterbacks? I can't imagine it. But you've got neither one of them, in my mind, that can possibly unseat Landry uh, as far as the number two goes. No question. Now, you mentioned James Conner. I thought he ran the ball really well last night, really strong last night, uh, more impressively. Is he making a case to be the number one running back in the future? Is that kind of what's on tap for him right now, proving himself? This year for next year? I got no doubts is what this young man's trying to do. You know, this guy came in with a real serious business-like attitude. Um, he's leaner. He's stronger. He's done better in taking on uh, blitzers and everything else. But, you know, he showed us the components of his game, that he does have speed. He does have power. He does got a zig and a zag. I mean, he he, he, he broke tackles. He broke some ankles, as they say, when uh, you know, he outfakes some guys. I know he, he scored his touch, and I can't, I can't tell you. He came to the sidelines, and right in front of me, I heard him yell to, to I, somebody came up to congratulate. He said, finally, I guess that was his first touchdown, first time getting in the end zone as a NFL player, be it preseason 
or, or regular season. But there was an exuberance there. He finally got to do what he wanted to do, and he did it right in Lambeau, which is, again, so legendary. So good for him. I like where he's at. He is really a guy that has had an excellent training camp. And, yeah, I think you're right. Even, you know, with Ludwell coming back, I, I would foresee more than the carries he got last year, doubling maybe his carries, what have you. But he would certainly be a compliment to Lev Bell. Now, we've been talking about the problems on defense, but I'll tell you, I thought Javon Hargrave really did well when he was in last night. I thought McCullers did okay when he was in last night. There's never been a doubt about the guys up front on defense. We both know that. But I thought both of those two did all right. Good eye there by you. Uh, Javon Hargrave, and I don't know what's going on as far as Right now, Danny McCullers showed me last week a more want to I talked about. And you could see there's real effort and striving and, and, a, and a seriousness about what he's And that's doing. what he's needed, right, Wolf? Oh, no question. He's had to learn how to flip the switch. When you become that guy that walks across that white line on the sidelines, you've got to flip that switch and become the quote-unquote, and I say it metaphorically, obviously, the killer that you need to be when you put your hand in the dirt and line up in the trenches. Now, part of the problem is, though, he is such a tall guy that even though he's got enormous mass and great strength, to anchor is still somewhat problematic because he has a tendency to get high. Javon Hargrave, nicknamed equally the grave digger, um, the, the fact is this guy plays so low and is so explosive. And I don't know whether or not they're, they're, they're putting a little, uh, zing in, in Javon or they're giving Dan, uh, a, a, you know, a chance to, to do something here. But the two of them alternating back and forth has been pretty good. Although I will say Javon was really coming on last night. Now, uh, the Steelers third exhibition is a week from tomorrow at home against Tennessee. After last night, which, you know, as Mike Tomlin admitted, just did not go well. That shapes up as a, a bit more of a proving ground than normal, doesn't it? Well, you've got to start creating some selections. You know, I mean, you've got to have the inside linebackers start to really separate themselves from each other. You got to find out where Keon Adams and, and Ola Adani, where they fit in. You got to find out whether, you know, TJ Watts got to come back and get that hammy going. Um, you've got Bud Dupree, obviously, but you got Chick and you got some other people. LJ Ford is another guy who's done some things. You know, you look in the secondary, and, and the the safety situation hasn't fully rectified itself. I mean, Morgan Burnett, obviously, is a guy who's got great uh, resume. He's got a great ability to play. We've got that. Sean Davis, though, hasn't had that much opportunity to play over the top and show the free-roaming safety that we think he can be, though he's got the speed that you think he can handle it. You know, you've got Hayden and you've got Burns playing on the corners. You got Mike Hilton, but also you got uh, Cam Sutton has been making uh, noise back there all the time, and you got yourself also uh, Brian Allen, who though he you know he whiffed on that one on the outside, but look, I don't mind in the preseason some of these guys. You got to take a chance. You got to take a shot. You know, I mean, sometimes like Mason Rudolph. One of the things you look at him, this guy. Sometimes I think Mason is such a perfectionist. He's trying to paint a Rembrandt when a Rudolph is all you need. You know what I mean? He's trying to be so perfect, he's got to let the competitive dog get out there and play a little. And some of these other guys are the same way. Sometimes you can get so caught up in your X's and O's and perfect bend in your knee and not be the competitor or the athlete that you need to be. Just cut it loose out on the field. So I think more and more we're going to see that as we come up to this number three game. and You'll see the vets take over and be able to 
plant themselves where they need to be. But the, some of the young people really need to take this opportunity now to, you know, if, if week one was show me, then week two it had to be show me more. Then week three's got to be you got to build on what you've showed me more, and you got to show me that you're capable of keeping that arrow pointed up. You know, Wolf, I know some of the veterans are going to play in week three, and I know they have to because you can't go into that opener against Cleveland cold. Right. But I'd feel better if they didn't. Does that make any sense? I know they no, got to play. I'd feel better if they didn't. No, I, I got you, but I will take you back to the 80s and 90s, okay? And I got it. You know, I'm from the Middle Earth, the orcs and, you know, the trolls that roamed the earth back then. But, you know, we played a quarter in our first preseason game. We played to half in our second. We played uh, a half and into the third quarter in our third preseason game as starters. And then by our fourth preseason game, we were playing into the fourth quarter to make sure our conditioning was right. I, as a player, I wanted that, believe it or not. I wanted that because I wanted to make sure my conditioning and, and I was at where I needed to be for the opener. Now it's completely changed. You know I mean? Guys, sometimes they go through without playing a lick in the preseason. And certainly that, uh, I guess, is, is the way the modern game goes. But I would have been very uncomfortable with the least amount of hitting reps that a lot of these guys have gotten um, this year in training camp. Wolf, as always, great stuff. We look forward to talking to you again next week. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you. You are the man. Craig Wolf, the all-time Steeler. Great. Uh, I think it's the best football analysis to be heard anywhere on Pittsburgh Radio. Wolf actually makes me sound like I know what I'm talking about. 412-333-9939. Uh, we got River Hunts coach Bob Lilly, the soccer club at 515. And uh, we're going to keep talking about that Steelers D. Did you see any bright spots in that Steelers D? What has to be done to fix that Steelers D? We talk about that all the time, but you know what? It's a pertinent topic moving forward because whatever it was that Steelers defense doesn't have, it still hasn't got. Okay, and you talk about fixing it, it's not fixed. Your thoughts, 412-333-WXDX. Nine. Is it just me, or did uh, the Steeler game on Channel 2 look like it was broadcast in some kind of weird high def? It looked like a porn flick shot on film, and not video, because it preserves the project's gritty integrity. Either that or the ketamine kicked in. Pompey, Annie, and Batch have always been two of my favorite hallucinogens. Uh, Kabali wrote a story about how good James Washington has looked. Maybe he has. He was uh, the real last night. Five catches, two touchdowns. Had that great battle catch where he ripped the ball out of a defender's hands for a touchdown uh, late in the going at Lambeau Field last night. Uh, a lot of people liked how Hargrave played last night. And the other fat guy, too, McCullers. But there's never been any doubt about the front three in that defense. To point out who played well on defense last night... It's like pointing at the one building that miraculously got left standing at Hiroshima. That D doesn't have to get a little bit better. That D has to get a lot better. And if that D doesn't get a lot better, the Steelers are sunk. People talk about this team being a Super Bowl contender. Could you imagine any team winning a Super Bowl with a defense like that defense, the way it looks now? Because I certainly cannot. 
No Quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. Uh, last night just wasn't a good night for Pittsburgh sports. I'll, I'll talk about that a bit later, but my God, between the Pirates pretty much dropping out of the wild card race for good and the Steeler defense just getting torched. Yikes, that was just, uh, again, a depressing night for Pittsburgh sports. In just 30 seconds, we're going to talk more about Acuna getting hit and the arena getting suspended. I know I'm in a vast minority, but I just think it's an HBP. Go to first base, and that's the end of it. Instead, the pitcher got a six-game suspension. 105.9 The X.